Hello! Welcome to Waiting for Game, podcast presented by Melee Stats. And uh, as you might know, the videos, I'm back in my old abode. Back wall. The old sneakers. <laughs> the record. My my little uh, jaunt in California had to come to a close. Um, but I hope that you guys did uh, the episode that we had last week. And in a somewhat famous streamer's house, if I could say. Um, I really did have a fun time and, uh, you know, was all over that great state. Uh, not really. The big state. I was been barely any of it. But, uh, you know, some have bandied about the term King of California when referring to me. But it's possible that the term King of California might even be more applicable to our guest today. So yeah. you guys remember after... Uh, Face Roll got third at Smash World Tour West Coast. He came on the show. And after Polish got third at Smash World Tour East Coast, he came on the show. And, uh, well, let's continue the streak. Hot yeah, what's up? Third place. It's, it's Chroma, guys. It's, it's, it's uh, obviously, if you're looking at the Twitch chat description currently, it's Chroma. But uh, you might know him better as Kador. Oh, I'm doing great. You know, I just worked out. I just... Ran like five miles. I'm eating all these protein bars. You're living uh, in New Jersey. You're commentating. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I'm just casually getting third at big tournaments like main stage. You know, I had to rep Kadoran. Uh, you know, he, he, he thought the scheduling was so bad that he got me to do it instead. So. How is my man MF? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, playing a little aside. Uh, Quite the weekend for me. It was like, because like I don't really go to any patients. Like it's mm -hmm. not like I decided to look at this turn and be like, you know what? I just really want to get summit. I'm getting third place today. No, that's 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 just my goal. Like I don't do that. Tons of RNG and positioning. And secondly, like there's just so many unaccounted variables for. Known that the scheduling could be kind of this rough, for example, and I don't know. I just like deal with it in the present moment to see what I can execute right now, what I have currently in my control. I just that's how I like view majors like these. And when I make a run like this, it's like, oh, well, that's just like a surprise. Mm -hmm. I won't go to be sure, and you know, it's not like I'm expecting to myself to get keep up this kind of streak or whatever. I just, just can and have fun at the event. Going to all these tourneys, they're just really, really fun for me. Yeah. Some some things there. Uh, before we went live, we were talking and uh, yeah, I do believe that this schedule, I was able to talk to some TOs about this. Um, it's definitely the type of schedule that works really well for people who make it out of round one or who gets 65th or something uh but the second yeah. you start to go a little further in bracket you do kind of have to like juggle a lot of things and unfortunately uh i don't think we've we've ever had a perfect uh like a really perfect schedule um this so this is your you know if you want to uh, let's probably not count smash world tour and summit those are invitationals <laughs> it's kind of hard to, to yeah. do that um, Honestly, probably the biggest thing that 
the biggest issue with the scheduling was the fact that we had to play top 16 in an hour block for no reason. Uh, like, yeah. I don't know why top 16 there only to play in the morning, only to not actually play it out all the way. Like, that's a little confusing to me, like, why they did it that way. Like, I felt like it would have been a lot better handled if it was, like, from round, like, round one to top, like, to top eight. And then top eight was dedicated only to Sunday. Like, I felt like it probably could be better handled there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't... I, I didn't really uh, go into this with, with any preparation, but I, I think we do have some, both have thoughts on this. Um, yeah, so so I'm actually, for a little bit, I, against Championship Sundays. Um, I think that, you know, this is like a fun discussion to have, because as someone now you are, you've been, you've been talking 2021, every in-person event. Oh, that's uh, true. <laughs> uh, so you, you know, you are, are feeling this firsthand. Uh, you have the use of the majors that we used to have, and, and presumably um, these majors will Genesis would always run Championship Sunday. Um, it would always be everything you used to run some stuff on, on Friday. Um, just to accommodate that, but yeah. sometimes you would be playing from 10 a.m. your round one and playing somewhat consistently until 10 p.m. 11 p.m. Uh, because they were going all the way up to top eight, and then you have the opposite, which is: Do you remember Big House scheduling? Have you ever been to a Big House? I watched Big House where they did top 64 at 10 a.m. Top 64 at 10 a.m., which is like the complete opposite. I mean, this isn't to take away from anything, but you look at Plup versus Bananas, which was like yeah. this huge upset, and it's, and it's mm -hmm. I mean, part of any tournament, was legal. Yeah, well, part of any tournament is performing in the tournament itself, um, which is kind of, it, it's this, like, another dimension that people don't really talk about. Uh, but yeah, the fact that a really good Ice Climbers player at 10 a.m. with wobbling on, it's, it's like, is that the ideal tournament experience either? Uh, so yeah, I think this is an interesting something that because of the discourse around this, you know, up in the most, um, you know, uh, wasn't brought up in the most perfect way, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think that it, it's this thing that TOs always think about, but now it's uh, something to definitely have a discussion about. So well, yeah, you, I want to hear your idea of what, uh, what, what like a perfect schedule would be like, I guess. Right. I mean, like, the thing is, first and foremost, is I would like to say that, you know, I've TO'd my own fair share. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I've you're TO yourself. UCI Weeklies. I've TO'd uh, Saving Mr. Lombardi's. I've helped run, I, I literally run TNT online, like, every week to this day. And, uh, like, and the first and foremost thing is that, like, these guys do this, uh, like, mostly for the love of the game. Like, it's not like they have, like, any freaking malicious intent. They're all nefarious with their plans. Like, ha ha ha, I am making this guy with the top. I, I always like, have that perspective in mind because I've literally done it myself. And I mind that, like, despite kind of being pretty annoyed that this the TOs themselves, like, yeah. I, I wish it would have been better, but whatever. Uh, but 
it's so, so, so important that the reason why Regis and the third day, you need to be playing your best against the best players in the world. It's whatever to play 10 a.m. You could just get away of doing trying to play at 10 a.m. against like top 10. Hold on. Like, just for comparison set, like for comparison sakes, look at the between my set losers and like you could touch am stuff going on hmm. in the winner's bracket versus whatever happened in loser's bracket where like he was definitely playing on that was like such an egregious thing to have like early morning performances especially like it's not like you know top players have like ton of prep times like some people had to like uh they couldn't finish until like 11 p.m or 10 p.m at like Saturday, and then to like make them play again at 10 a.m., which realistically, if they want at 8 a.m., most likely, and then to also ask them to play out or mine or summit, like that's just rough. All essentially, probably like the biggest sore thumb was like being forced to play early at Sunday, and, and like for me, like I've heard around that, um, it's like, oh, what. You know, you had a seven-hour downtime anyways. Like, why not just, like, chill in your hotel? Well, for me, because I've set up with Mango where I booked a room for myself for two days. And I had to leave Sunday morning. And then I take over his hotel, like, by Sunday night. Onto any hotel that time. And I imagine that people wanted to save money, that they wanted to go home around I would just go back to it Sunday. So it's like, I, yeah. I, for me, I literally just kind of stood around nothing. And uh, I, I tried timing a meal around 4 p.m., which was a mistake. It didn't run until 7 p.m., as yeah. opposed as opposed. Like, it didn't run at 5 p.m., it ran at 7 p.m., which I was really annoyed about. Um, so just overall, the fact that, like, it wouldn't have been a problem at, like, if we didn't have to play at all, if we didn't have, if we got like proper prep time for Sunday instead of like waking up at like eight a.m., uh, that's just rough. And keep mm-hmm. in mind that East Coasters, like they kind of got cucked. They they were like blessed and cucked at the same time for the part where yeah, okay, the 10 early pools one p.m. Yeah. yeah, then but the fact that they had to stay up really late, okay, that's actually like one a.m. to them. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's it was just rough all around. I don't want to dunk on them too hard because, like, I, I know they're probably, like, they know. They know the message. I don't, we don't need to reiterate too much, but um, the part where Sunday was played at 10 a.m. and then we couldn't, we didn't even, like, keep playing was, like, I think was probably the egregious mistake. Yeah, it's it's a conversation that I don't think really has any easy answer at the moment. Um, I know that IBW surely wasn't very happy with the long break between round two pools and top 64. On the other hand, you have, uh, yeah, I was talking to CLG Bobby, and I know that SFAT and him were very excited about the whatever pool structure they had. I think had them basically kind of playing like 2 p.m., 4 p.m., 6 p.m. Had that, you know, that was SFAT's kind of round one and round two of top 64, um, which that's also. 
Um, not every player loves to play six hours straight and, and has to kind of ramp up um, as the tournament goes. I mean, it, it's really hard to to come up with a, a truly perfect way to run a 500, 600-person major. But I, I do think that as we get to talking about results, you know, and stuff, kind of the bread and uh, one thing that for as much as the people from Melee Stats like to st- uh, state set counts and, and like head-to-heads and stuff like that, I, I do think that personally, uh, speaking for me and, you know, probably Ambient, Edwin, et cetera, et cetera, uh, understand that there's a lot of wiggle room to all that. And part of it's the human element, right? It's like online, we talked about how none of this was real, mm-hmm. but then going in person, we kind of forget the aspects of like, yeah, you might not have eaten for eight hours or something, or, or, you know, uh, people have talked about how the lights are blaring in their eye. Is, oh, that, is that as valid as net play mainly? People yeah. I think so, but it's, it's still, you know, If you are able to do really well in one specific, you aren't able to to put it all together in terms of like stringing together three days worth of competition. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting question that I think uh, we don't really talk about enough in melee, right? Yeah, I mean, whenever <laughs> people get really mad about like net play stuff, like I kind of like reminded that land melee is also not like perfect and like. That's how that's what that was always my mentality for online melee. That like yeah yeah net play might be the reason why I lost this one interaction, but it's not the reason why I lost like ten interactions. Deep of a game that like it, it's really obvious why you lost, and usually the answer is not because of just net play. You know we we kind of like to think it's two people playing at their uh their perfect peaks, but it's not really that right. Yeah, no, that, that, I don't, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of the reason why, uh, you know, people, people would, um, really talk about Armada's consistency. Armada's just like seven out of 10, eight out of 10 was just incredible. Yes. Um, but yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about your experience here. So I mentioned yeah. earlier, this is your, you know, so what is this? Your current fourth turn, big turn in a row where you got top eight. You know, you had Ooh. Riptide, seventh place there. You had a uh, third at Low Tide, fifth at Smash World Tour, and now another third here. So you come into this, and you are you are seated, uh, I believe, sixth. Yeah. How do you how do you go into a tournament like that? Because surely for something of this size, this is the uh, highest that you've been seated, right? I believe so, and I I In guess technically, right. I, yeah, I, I guess I technically outplaced my seed. Uh, True, that you did. Honestly, I thought I was kind of a little overseeded, if I'm being completely honest. But like, uh, like, it, it, like, not in terms of results, because I think in terms of results, I am justified there. But in terms of like feeling that, I I was like, ooh, up the. I think, uh, uh, and honestly, I just don't overthink it. Like, I think yeah. like so many players just get in their head when they think about like their expectations and all and for me like i always channel why i even go to these tourneys in the first place and the first and foremost thing to me is that like it's just fun to like 
compete and to like learn what I can from you know, feel the the rush of winning stuff like that like the, the at the end of the day and mm. uh, melee is really fun and it it's just like such a step up from like you know before melee was in the picture I think I had like a pretty boring life I didn't really know what I was doing and then you know with melee in the picture that that helped a lot and like I kind of always just think that where like yeah compared to why it was like like this is where I'd rather do anyways even despite you know bad scheduling despite all that like I always channel that like that like feeling that like this is what I love doing in the first place and that's something I can't ever take back and that's why I, I just have fun at all these things I don't really think too much about the results are you a guy who looks at your bracket? I know there's like a very distinct... I do look at my bracket. Okay. There's a very distinct sect of people who are like, do not tell me my bracket. I'm not looking at my bracket. I don't want to know who I play until I sit down. Um, yeah. But I, I'm not sure. Oh, no. I, I was, I ran into the swooper when I was like, uh, like I was just walking out and eating out. And then mm. I was walking back to the venue. And then I just happened to meet up swooper. And I was like, oh, what's your bracket like? It's like, Oh, yeah, don't tell me. I, I'd rather go without <laughs> knowing. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, cool, cool. Well, speaking of the swooper, you had a Samus in your path, right? You know, your wife, I believe one of your first, uh, you know, matches against one of the other, like, top mm-hmm. seeds, I think you're the other top 64, the first top 64 seed you played was uh, Kata. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. And um, I had some Samus warm-up. Like, I found weapons. I played the nice. swooper for a little while. Um, honestly, that matchup, so, okay, I don't think too much about, like, my, my expectations of what to do, but that doesn't mean that I don't prepare. Like, I do prepare, yeah. like, a decent amount, like, what is my bracket path and how can I best prepare. Um, I I try to see what I can do, because the whole point of me not, like, caring too much about the results is that, like, I just simply see what I can do in the present moment. Like, you know, it's not, because, like, I can't control if I want to get third or but what I can control is how I influence the matches that I play. And when I saw that I had to play Kata, like, I looked up some of uh, Kata's netplay VODs, mm-hmm. uh, like like him versus Logan at, at East Coast Friday, I believe. And I made sure to hit up as many Samuses as possible. Uh, but I, like, you know, when I ran into Super, like, we played friendlies for 30 minutes in preparation for my set versus Kata. And Ranted weapons again. Uh, good warm up, but with Samus, like, dude, it's like such a stressful matchup. Because, like, at the matchup, it's just that I need to be pretty warmed up. Like, I need to remember, like, certain rules. Even when I was warming up and I was playing against Kata, like, it became apparent to me that I forgot, like, a few. And because, like, I forgot some rules, like, it made that set, like, way closer than I think it should have been. Like, game one, I look back on it, and I had, you know, I do my practice streams every day where I was, like, analyzing my set versus Kata, and I was like, dude, I was, like, I was, like, doing so many things wrong. Like, I was doing what I consider cardinal sins in the Sanus matchup, which is uh, approaching. Uh, (laughs) uh, Doing way dash down. Forgetting that walk down tilt was a tool. Like, stuff like that, where, like, I was just seeing that, like, I was breaking so many rules. I was like, dude, I... 
there's like game one, I think Kata should have won, if I'm being honest. And then like yeah. game two, he was like handing me a lost stocks, so Oh wow. He 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 I definitely gave me a run for my money. He um he was kind of one of the bigger question marks going into this event. We uh we had some Central America people, we had some South America people. Out of all those people, it was kind of the one that was no, most well known throughout the uh, net play, yeah. you know, era. Uh, yeah. But definitely with the caveat of a lot of those results and a lot of those really good wins tended to come from <laughs> some pretty high paying. Um, sure. So, so land melee, I think, was something that people looked up for Kata. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that's uh, it's cool to hear with that. And then after Kata, you have uh, well, you have Panda, right? Yeah, I was actually supposed to be play Shroomed, but then Panda yeah. just upset him out of blue. Which <laughs> when I saw that Shroom versus Panda set, I was like, "Oh, maybe actually Panda could beat him." And I saw Shroom try to tech chase Panda, and uh, he could not get more than two tech chases. And uh, oh, yeah. I don't know why Shroom kept trying to reaction tech chase because he just got tech in place shine like five times, and that was like there was like some deciding moments where it's like, "Okay, Shroom." Uh, please don't go for more than two tech chases and then <laughs> Panda reversed him and made some great plays against him. So when I got shroomed, or when I got Panda, I was like, oh, okay. Because like, I was practicing a lot against Sheik prior, but uh, I guess that was for nothing. Uh, but it didn't matter to me. Uh, I didn't care if I got Panda or Shroom. Shroom probably would have been the harder opponent, but I actually really wanted to like, see if my Sheik adjustments would work or not, but I guess I'll find out later. Yeah, would have been uh, interesting to see. Shroom, yeah. you know. And instead, I kind of got, like, a more comfort matchup against Panda, where, like, I played him online before at Pound yeah. uh, 2021, and I beat him pretty solidly, and it was no different in land, where, like, I just pretty much did, like, a very similar game plan and won. Uh, so, I mean, it's like, Panda kind of just played pretty... I want to say he was... He played, like, as if he was really stressed out, and I just took advantage of that. Mm. Uh, swung around my yeah I, I definitely do think that shroomed would have been an interesting match but panda panda is very good panda did well here but mm -hmm. kind of a hard task for yeah. uh for, for that right there um yeah. but the next one i think we we start the bracket that it gets gets a little more interesting so you've had an online history with gatsu uh, yeah i think you've had an online history with a lot of these falcons you had Offline history, of course, too. But I think this is kind of one of the bigger things that the uh, how you've done through, throughout the past couple months, uh, throughout the past year or so. I do think that how you've been doing since against Falcon has been kind of like a really good barometer of uh, yeah. how you've been able to improve overall. So this is obviously a matchup that you've uh, put a lot of work into, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. And I think probably like the most notable one was why I just came out of the blue and beat S2J for the first time at the big one. Yeah, it was a real convenient time. Well, okay, it wasn't the first time, but like, uh, like a very big surprise when I just managed to like beat S2J and then take Wizzy to game five. Mm. Um, people don't, people, I don't know. I made a highlight video about this that explains why I was able to like beat S2J was because I had some secret weapons planned. <laughs> Before my set versus SJ, there's that one day downtime. And I was like, I need something. Because like, I think with my current state, I could not beat SJ. So I needed mm. to pull out a secret. That was uh, that was me taking monthly PPMD lessons. Nice. 
hitting you up now. I know, like, it's kind of a little scuffed with the scheduling because he prefers to be no, a little bit in advance. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was supposed to commentate day two, but it ended a lot faster than they thought, so he was down to do a lesson with me. And he told side being Falcon's Nair in place and, like, other principles as well and, like, edge guarding a little better. And I was like, yeah, maybe this might work out. This might work out. I could at least try. And, you know, when I tried out my secret weapon, it, like, it worked out better than I thought. And, uh, oh, like, I, I was warming up against, like, the other Falcons, like, you know, Zio, Gatsu, before, like, my sisters, SJ and Wizzy. Yeah. Uh, I saw that they worked out actually incredibly well. It's like, I could try this. I could try this. And then ever since then, like, I've been having a decent record against Falcons. I'm still struggling a little against Wizzy, but, like, I think I could freak. I think I could figure something out. And in Gatsu, like, it, to me, it's like a test of, like, am I hitting things or not? Because, uh, like, in the net play era, he used to just, like, stomp on me, like, on our first couple sets. And I kind of, like, started to, like, notice, like, he kind of has some, like, patterns in neutral. And it kind of becomes a question of, am I hitting hard enough? And, like, for him, it's a question of, am I hitting my edge guards, my gimps, my setups? Like, is all those good? And if the answer is yes, then I think I'm usually beating Gatsu. And that's why I also tend to go to game five, because, like, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes he does switch it up, but also other times I'm just, like, not hitting punishes. And, uh... Yeah, it was a tight one with my set versus Gatsu. Like, I kind of got lucky with... Kind of gave me game three, and game five, Fountain side platform, like, came in so clutch to me in, like, a lot of spots. And... It's just... Like, learning stuff in the Mark Falcon matchup. And it kind of starts with, like, how well am I edge guarding? And, like, that's, like, kind of, like, a good indicator of whether or not I might win versus Falcon. Yeah, I think I think uh I mean you've you um Riptide, right? You played him in person at Riptide? Yeah. Yeah, I think you played him and Wizzy there. Um Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see because the the way that you play this, you right, the side B, I think the side B is really easy to to see when you're I think your implementation of it is it's pretty unique um can, compared to what we normally see. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see more of this. But uh yeah. One thing I'm more interested about as well to see the future of, I'm going to skip over SFAT for a second, because I do want to talk about those sets. Uh, because I think that what when people go into matches with HBOX, what, what used to happen is that they seemed impossible. And then for a while, they seemed extremely possible. <laughs> this is during the online era. And now we're kind of getting back to, you know, he is he's very good. He might not be top five that he's top 10 you know it's kind of hard to to place him specifically um but i i did but hbox's upset potential yeah uh is kind of all over i i think that it's definitely not as bad as it was during the online era but it's still kind of hard to see so you took the first game uh and and i want to just like talk went into this uh it did seem like you know you uh you had a kind of a feel in the matchup that that i thought was really good mm-hmm. yeah so out of the blue when i made top eight uh, mm-hmm. zane messaged me 
just it's like, hey, I'm gonna give you notes against HBox, and you should try it. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. What I thought was not cool was uh, later on he only sold it for ten subs to leak those notes. I was like, dang, that's worth a hundred subs. What the hell? Yeah, I saw that it made it to Reddit. I didn't know how, <laughs> but, but I guess he leaked it for ten. Really, ten? Whatever. Uh, but yeah, no, he gave me like a bunch of good notes for whatever. Like I didn't ask for it, and he just went out of his way to give me that notes. I was like, oh, cool, thanks. And like they had a lot of good stuff there, and like reminding me of rules I should follow in a puff matchup. I think I. The thing is, like, whenever I kind of take rules like that, like, I tend to only think about it instead of, like, integrating it, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, I kind of, yeah. like, tunnel vision a little, and it definitely at some points it felt like I tunnel vision too hard on those rules instead of, like, kind of just relying on my blueprints. Like, because, like, how I think about it is, like, I have, like, my own style versus Puff, but I try to, like, make the notes, like, the new style when, when what I probably should have done is, like, integrate the notes as, like, uh, not as like a completely new style, but to update it, like completely overtaking everything, you know. Uh, Makes. So I think that's kind of like my mistake with that matchup, and and like I as well, and like a real big mistake that I made was like kind of in certain spots and like not spots and uh, kind of respecting him a little. Lots. It's just like a lot of things. Like I had just lost because, well, okay, some things did kind of like, I guess, threw me off a little. But there was a pop really, off. What uh, what really threw me off though was like, I just didn't know about this stuff and that. I made some mm -hmm. bad plays and like I could try to avoid that next time. That kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of tunnel vision. I do think that that is. The, the greater when you're given information like that tend to focus on that information and then you uh, you learn more about it you learn when it's to be used and and just becomes another part of the arsenal so that is one as uh we go on yeah that is, is an interesting match that's one i, I look for summit yeah. and smash world tour approaching and both of you guys uh qualified for each mm -hmm. um uh, that is definitely something I want to see. But yeah. let's talk about let's talk about your SFAT matches as well. Uh, or actually, do you want to talk about Cody or do you want to talk about SFAT? I, I, uh, are... I could love both of them. Um, yeah, I've been. How you did know. you feel about both of them going into this? Because in my mind, you know, this is Fox Marth, right? You know, yeah. make whatever joke you want about that. Uh, but Zayn aside, these two players have had pretty good history versus Marth players. Yeah. So going into these, um, I believe I you had a set on SVAT in the online era, correct? Mm -hmm. well, well, a couple of sets here. Yeah, yeah, I did. I meant that you just beat him. Uh, but have you ever have you ever had a win on Cody? No. Okay, so so you come in to this. Uh, yeah, how do you how do you feel about these two players going in, and and kind of what was your what were your thoughts on the matches? Yeah, so I, I'd also like to preface that, like, I'm not normally known as a Fox killer. In fact, like, if you've mm -hmm. known me since, like, years prior, Fox was, like, one of my weak. I would just lose to Fox players. Like, if you ever checked out the National Melee Arcadian 2, I lost to a Fox player early. Like, 
upset it by like Russell or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I was not good at the Fox matchup for a long time. Part of it was chain grabbing. Like I wasn't good at tech chasing. Uh, since I was a little bit a lot more stationary back then, I was uh, fast than me. Uh, so like, Fox was actually like a problem matchup for me, except for like certain people that like were just really bad against Mark. Uh, uh, like I would have some people's number, but like I didn't ever feel until kind of recently, like the last few months. The advancements that I've made in the Fox matchup was like kind of a couple followings. It was like me getting better at the jungle punch game. Like, you know, I started to get a lot better at the chain grabs by actually practicing and mm-hmm. sitting down and like making sure I could get a lot off of certain flow charts. Uh tech chasing better. That that's been a huge advancement. Like knowing the reaction tech chase setups, learning and the reaction tech chase that like I know like read setups. Uh and so like learning stuff about like punish game stuff has given me like a huge edge and like I guess like getting better in the Fox matchup. And secondly, getting faster overall also helps and like moving around. Like I've been having lessons with PB about like, you know, movement stuff and like I could why like movement is good and like learning some specifics about it. And in turn, when like when I learn more about movement, like it just naturally makes me a little bit faster of a player since I'm moving around. And uh, and that's something Zane also pointed out to me is that like you just need to like use more movement, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, thinking about that, like I think that definitely helped. Uh, and lastly, when I was like looking for advancements in a sheet matchup, I kind of just learned how I was like messing around with jump back fair. And I realized at some point from my analysis, I was like, wait a second, if I jump <laughs> back and not and I don't always fair, like this is actually broken. Like I could like and down really approach, I could just like fair or waveland or whatever. Like this is actually a lot better of a tool than I gave it credit for. And I started to apply it to other matchups such as Fox. Like, really good, like a jump back fair. Uh, and then, like, if they are close to me, then I can empty land grab or down tilt. Like, that advancement in my neutral game, I think, gave me, a, like, a huge edge to be, like, a... what I was criticized for in the past. And what I totally agree with is that, like, I was just too stationary in the Fox matchup. And, but being able to, like, do... Like, I think kind of resolves that problem in many ways. And once I kind of figured that out, like, you know, in the last couple weeks, I then just did it against SFAT and IPDW, and it kind of worked <laughs> out well. And, like, you know, I'm also playing friendlies against Rusty Mango, who, by the way, despite him being Rusty, he's still really fucking good. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, I was, like, playing around against his Fox as well, and, like, I was actually, like, playing around pretty decently around him this time. Like, he would always just overwhelm and run me over. Mm-hmm. But, like, I didn't feel that way this time around with, like, my new advancements. Given my adjustment in the Fox matchup as of late, I was like, oh yeah, it's like it's actually bad at this point. And that's how I'm able to now like you know, I still have to make plays here and there, but like now I'm not like hopeless against Fox. Like Yeah. Like historically two mark killers of people not named Zane. And uh 
yeah, I feel like okay about the matchup given the advancements that I've made myself. Yeah, we you know I, there's a thing that I've said on this um, podcast. If you if you have a player and they're traditionally good matchup, um, but they're still pretty good at everything else, I I think that's a player to look out for. You know, uh, because like you said, he and this didn't come from you do this now um you know it did come from actually putting in the effort to to beat fox but i i do believe that there who has a very good spread of matchups um but maybe not great in a one that they traditionally lose i think that that's like an uh, that could um so yeah that that's really cool to see that and definitely uh yeah this uh <laughs> I it'd be this was uh kind of a surprise but it wasn't a surprise for me that much I would say with, with what we know currently with what you've yeah. done currently you know I, I think that you know expect I think you're rising to every expectation that's set for you um how do you view yourself in in this current landscape because i know that you said you felt a little like personally you felt a little overseated but now that we're away from this now that you've placed like top eight at every open bracket thing recently about how to place yourself in what regard uh just like how do you feel in the it, it doesn't have to be like a top 10 you know it doesn't have to be like if it, a ranking were to be done today but how do you feel in this current field of players yeah, I think in? I think I'm pretty strong against most spaces at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, like the one that I'd probably not be favored against is Mango, obviously, and you know Cody yeah. when he's playing his A game. Uh, but yeah, really worried about the Falco matchup too much. Uh, you know, maybe pitch the future, mm-hmm. but like not now ish. Like it'll take him like a couple months uh, for him to be a problem. But at the moment, like, you know, Falco isn't too big of a problem. I kind of just auto-win in my head. Like, <laughs> I love playing against Falco. All that squid practice, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I do feel pretty rusty in, like, other match art. I've not mm. played those as often. And, like, Puff in some regards. Uh, I think if Slug gets into Summit, like, I would probably lose to him because like I've not played Icy's in forever. So yeah. like, he would he would definitely be a problem. Icy's um, a very funny matchup because even before wobbling, they used to have this like ebb and tide where they'd be like really good and then everyone would be like, Okay, they're really good. We should yeah. learn how to play. <laughs> and then they yeah. they all you know, there's a lot of people who end up beating these ice climbers. I rely on other people in open brackets to beat them for me. Yeah, if it's if he's at summit, he's gonna make a lot of upsets. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, because it's not I, just I, me that feels that way. Like Zane also thinks Slug is like the best ICs right now. I don't and think I, people I, are prepared for ICs. There, yeah. once wobbling ban happened, I think that they kind of were like, "All right, time to never play this matchup again." <laughs> yeah, and I was good at the matchup too, but yeah. like, it's been a while, so like, I kind of forgot about a lot of things, like how to kill Nana efficiently, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But like matchup like i think i'll probably lose to tyler swift um i think 
I think I'm pretty solid the Peach matchup. Like, after my life, like, a lot of rules that I forgot to follow, and I was like, oh, Wally. I re-remembered I re those rules, which allowed me to beat Wally and then Keizu and then Polish into succession. Or not Polish, uh, Aura. Favor. Um, so, like, I feel pretty comfortable against Peach at the moment. Falcon, it's like kind of like an eh. Like I'm never comfortable, but for whatever reason, I have a good record. Like <laughs> I guess my edge guards carry me. Like I have a good record against uh, Android Zero and S2J, uh, and I guess none through to me at Verdugo. And like mm -hmm. Wizzy's, I guess kind of like my last step. I know, like I still need a lot of work in a Falcon matchup. Yeah. Um. So, oh yeah, and I probably still get destroyed by Opsa. <laughs> So yeah, like I, I still think I have like I don't altogether. really like ranking myself in a number because I think that's quite frankly irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just like base myself on like what I know I'm good at and what I know I need way more work on. And that's I like my thoughts. Yeah. I, I think anytime someone kind of rises to the ranks very quickly, um, you know, there are some people who are kind of skeptical because when it comes to melee, it's a game that's been around for so long. We have a top echelon of players that's been around for so long. Uh, but I, I think that like every single time where someone has been skeptical of you, you, I, uh, I'm pretty confident that you know. I, once again, numbers. I agree. I agree with like having any sort of specific numbered list, especially for this year's. A little too early for that. Yeah, <laughs> um, but no, I think you you kind of proved yourself to be in that top top echelon of players, and uh, I'm interested to see you know, how far you can take it. Yeah, well, I'm excited to see myself as well. Um, you know, kind of I guess like if you really do want to put a number on me, it, it's basically based on how good I am as a species. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's tough because. When it comes to rankings, it's it. I think they're always different, um, and it's usually like, you know, the idea of what happened. You 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 look at what happened before, uh, even though you know what can happen still in the future. Yeah. Um, but you kind of have to base it off what already happened, and and you know well, the resume that you put together over the past couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, it's been very very impressive. But uh, not much of a surprise, I will say, as as someone who's uh, DI locals even before COVID, so this is not a surprise. <laughs> but um, yeah. I think if you look at main stage as a whole, I think we did see some surprise upsets there. Uh, definitely a lot of surprising results. And then f in terms of majors leading up to this, we kept talking about how this is not as big in, in terms of um, pure entrance as Riptide. But I think this is probably more stacked than Riptide. Yeah. People who maybe not, you know, whether or not you want to say it's more stacked at the top top level, I think is debatable. Not having Plup kind of is something that Riptide has in its favor. Um, of the number of the good players who are here, I think yeah. the depth of bracket. I guess I could agree insane. with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have some people who. Who definitely showed this depth of bracket? Um, I'm gonna bring up some people. Uh, you know, if you have anyone you want to mention, feel free to jump in at any point. Uh, but I think probably one of the ones that deserves mentioning. I'm just gonna mention the one with the highest placing. Uh, Zealot. 
Zealot got ninth at this tournament, which is one of those really funny things. Zealot kind of just got really consistently better throughout online. Uh, had kind of a <clears throat> had kind of a bad uh, showing at the nightclub. Go and ever since then has has ended up doing really really well, being able to succeed in both Colorado and won a tournament over Zamu like a week ago. Goes into this tournament and uh, it is his his bracket run is definitely um, benefiting from a lot of upsets, but. But still, you know, so he he loses to uh, S Fat. He beats OKP, who just beat Cactuar. He beats beat Far. Bobby. Beats Bobby, yeah. yeah. Um, beat uh beat Smash Daddy. And uh, finishes it off with a reverse three zero on Slug. Like I I I watched uh, a bit of that Slug set when he was down O two. It was just like oh. Okay, I guess Slug is gonna play Axe, <laughs> and and then suddenly I turn it back on, and yeah, he uh, he definitely very impressive. You mentioned how Slug, Slug, um, yeah, Slug also beating none at this tournament. Yeah, Slug is that guy that could beat top players, but will lose to like ICs killers. Yeah, I need, Daddy, I, I need you guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, there of upsets here they kind of range because there's lots of notable ones and there's lots of people who had good runs that we weren't you know surprised about but but maybe not something that uh to all see at once you know like fat goku's losers run after losing to casper is not surprising because we know he can do it but the fact that he did it all at once is very impressive uh how about this did you did you get a chance to see anything from raiken this weekend yeah i actually uh, tweeted out that I needed sheet practice, mm. uh, where I practice and and uh, can DM me is like, yo, I could be available, and uh, I played it a bit. I kind of, I kind of destroyed him for like two hours, uh, which kind of like made me more confident that like I could be shroom uh, with Shroom my, my didn't new game plan. But, yeah, no, uh, given that the resources that he has, like, you know, being number three in Chile, mm -hmm. uh, or being number three in Chile probably doesn't have, like, the most resources, and given that of what he points up to me, like, he's, he has, like, a lot of work to kind of, like, break past and with what he could currently show off, it was good. Uh, and yeah. I don't know about his drive if he wants to like go further, but like, yeah, I mean, like, I hope he, because like, what matters to me isn't necessarily their current skill level; it's what they learn go forward from like their you know mistakes, and that's why I'm really most interested to see from these. It's like, in my opinion, they got like the shit into the stick in many ways, and with, you know how they try to overcome that, I'm always interested to see how they do it, because, like, they are... If they do, they're just better players than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to see some, uh... Some cool Chilean players. We got to see Rocket, who I believe took a game off Face Roll. Yeah, Face Roll uh, told me that he was the hardest player that he even fought. Yeah, Griffin does that, though. I don't, but I don't it, know. Would, it actually went to last. <laughs> okay, that's insane. 
Yeah, Rocket. Rocket, obviously, you know, that was a, kind of an impressive showing for a young link player. Um, but yeah, Nut. Uh, sorry, Riken was able to beat Nut. Well, was... If I could say one more thing about the Rocket thing. Uh, yeah. Like, apparently, Griffin was telling me that, like, he could not camp Rocket because <laughs> young links, like, fire arrows, like, breaks through Sheik's needles. Like, even really? if doesn't beat young links' arrows. So that was kind of the problem there. Where, like, young link is already good at, like, running away in the triplats. And, like, it's not like she could like easily needle camp back because mm-hmm. Young Link's arrows just wins. So, uh, so like that kind of made sh- like Griffin like he he had to really work for it to catch rockets from what I heard. I remember, and this is from Edwin Buddy. Edwin Buddy is my source on this, and who knows if he's a reliable source? He wasn't. <laughs> He, I know that you're uh, you're not happy with his reliability, considering he's not on today's episode. But uh, but he he told me once that um, pre-pandemic uh, that JFlex resorted to going Fox versus Bambi. Now I feel like what we've seen from JFlex in the past, you know, year, six months or whatever, has been a a different beast. But the cheek in order to beat Bambi, the uh, the young league player. Funny. I don't know how true it is funny uh but yeah uh so we know that rocket did well riken also did well uh beat nut beat essie formerly known as cal mm-hmm. so kind of a run where with a player like riken you know he is very good he does have good results uh throughout south america's online tournaments for the past you know year and a half yeah uh, but it's hard to to gauge that so this is a really cool thing to see and we're gonna see some more chilean players at smash world tour at the end of the the month or at the end of the year, so who knows? It'll it is it's really cool. This is one of the things that I I didn't expect. I didn't expect to see so many Chilean players in twenty twenty one. But the fact that we are, it's it's very very cool. I would say. Yeah, I think it's a joy to see more international players playing melee, despite like all the roadblocks you have to put up with. Like, yeah, they're truly like i i've always say it said that like pipsqueeds deserve summit way more than me because like he had to get good at like a dead mm. region and <laughs> he i think those kind of grinders so i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up another play <clears throat> you mentioned shroom we mentioned shroom a couple times this episode mm-hmm. and the funny thing is about this so I think it's it's not even that surprising what this player was able to do. But you kind of look back at it, and it's insane. Um, so the loses to Azel, 2-0. Loser's run is 2-0 Justin Joe, who's decent. 2-0 Snap, the, uh, the Fox Game & Watch player. Okay. Boomed. I think okay. you're starting to realize who this is. I already knew when you said it. Three and three two Zamu to three lose to SDJ. Sorry, three o Captain G. Ah, okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, it kind of gave away the game right there. So <laughs> we had a top. We had a we had a uh, Donkey Kong in top thirty two of a major. Yeah, no, and we all know he's crazy. good. So we're actually kind of not even like talking about how great this is. But if you zoom out. This is something that when I got into melee, like there've been good Donkey Kong players for sure. Mm-hmm. He's not the best Donkey Kong player in history. Bum beat Chudat with DK and MLG. You know, we you 
Chick, Green Ranger, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, you had a lot of good DK players. Uh, but this is something that I think is very, very funny and very good. There's, you know, Ringler. Ringler has a uh, kind of an aura that that goes above tournament results, uh, but at the basis of it has been like a central improvement that I, I think kind of surprised a lot of people. Started off yeah. at Smash Summit eleven. Well, start obviously very good versus Marth for the point where people were like, okay, wait, he's good, good for DK. He's just good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won Smash Summit 11's VIP bracket over Ty. He comes into this. He beats Shroom's Marth, which feels like a throw. <laughs> you shouldn't go. You shouldn't go Marth versus DK, especially. And, and he's like, he's a sheep meme. What? What? Yeah, I don't know. The blur about this. My theory is that Shroom knows that he will, if it's a Summit qualifier, he will qualify for Summit. So he he decided to throw. Just kept winning if he didn't want to. The the real reason was because concert just didn't give a shit. <laughs> so I, I guess right. I don't. I, I guess that doesn't answer. Does the summit qualifier? I guess, but like the contents I was given is that like yeah, he was at a concert with Mango, so he didn't care. <laughs> like yeah. all of yesterday, and he is like, and then actually Shroom. Regretted that because he made a side bet with Keizu that Shroom would outplace him in bracket, and he forgot about that. <laughs> Which is funny, very funny because Keizu, Keizu's super good. Keizu lost to uh, Eddie Mexico here. Yeah, holy shit! <laughs> Another insane run. Yeah, it's this has been the you know Riptide had this as well. Riptide was a big tournament, but but this is like all these feelings come straight back of like, oh yeah sets are so many things it's just so fun to be there be see it happen through everything it's just some insane uh but yeah keizu beats uh eddie or sorry eddie mexico beats keizu and i think i didn't get to see this myself eddie mexico had a somewhat close set with wizzy took a game at the very least yeah yeah i saw the set and like it was so winnable for, for yeah it just was unfortunate that he plays what I would like to say how a redditor put it. Back of shit. <laughs> Cause like every time like at some turned on and then just like need Eddie like five times and killed him. And like yeah, stopped his recovery and all. Definitely sounds pretty impossible. J Flex, I think, kind of players who um you know the idea you know, hitting, hitting another peak is only for these players. Peaks early in their career that uh off from, but really, really cool to see them both coming back, see them both being very active in the online era, and then seeing both of them do really well here. I, I think they both got like 17th or something. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, they both got 17th. J-Flex ended up beating Rocky, beating Bladewise, which is pretty funny. Bladewise, we haven't seen before. Like, J-Flex has, like, a winning record against the Peach God himself, Polish. So, not surprising me. J-Flex, I believe, has a winning record versus 
the Peach Prince himself, Wally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no surprise. Really just, an upset. It, no, no, it's just it's cool to see these, players, especially for J Flex. Eddie Mexico is very good for a long time, but J Flex kind of um, peaked as like a late and something like twenty sixteen. Yeah. If a player gets to that stage and and doesn't make it on the next. Statistically, right, right. seeing J Flex like really get to the grind and really do well, it's really cool to see. Um, any players? I know you were obviously <laughs> you were doing yeah, very well. I, I, I noticed you didn't shop. Yeah, hit me. I, I, the the man himself, the other mate. Yes, no, yeah. He... This was uh this was a really good run from him. And I was uh I was do so well for so long. And it's usually been one <laughs> and then two he does But then it's yeah, it's definitely like degrading from from friendlies, friendlies is best and all to locals, he still does well, but you know, yeah. not not there as the and then nationals no and i i now i guess i remember the years of null going to so so well locally and then he'd go to a major and upset every single time yeah he so just shot the bed <laughs> yeah oh he beat ty he beat logan had a really Really doable set versus S2J. You know, something where he kind of... He flubbed a uh, edge guard on, the, like, the second-to-last stock, and then it just kind of... Unfortunately, that reversal yeah. kind of just, you know, sealed Randall. the deal. Randall. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, no, that that is true. You guys uh, are from, from kind of, like, bordering regions, so I know you guys played a lot. Yeah. Matches. Giving myself a little credit, like I gave him a lot of, like you know, give him a lot of practice in that regard, and like you know, he went out of his way to learn a match a little. And actually, in Friendly's record, like it's very much my favor. But there was like a little stretch in our Friendly sessions where like he was actually beating me in like every best of five. Like I swear, it was like for like ten Friendly sessions, like ten Friendly sets in a span of like two months, where he would just beat me every single time. Yeah. It just so happened during that time span, like, he sucked another matchup, so he never made it to me in, in bracket. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and then eventually I found out my own stuff. But, like, yeah, he always prided himself being the you know, a fox that's good in the mark matchup, and he finally proved it, like, you know, when he very solidly beat Ty, and there's a recording out there where, he, like, he actually clutched out, like, uh, he lost game one, he got destroyed, and then, like, he reversed 3-0'd Logan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And like just clutching out wins is like, damn, yeah, no, this proves that like you you are definitely very good at the Marth match hearsay. And now he kind of just needs to work on other matchups. Like, I think Noel's biggest weakness is that he kind of has like a weak matchup spread, all things considered. Like he's good at like three, four ish matchups, and then like weak at everything else. Like mm-hmm. I I I would have no faith in, in Noel versus Wally, for example. I would have no faith of Noel versus. 
got to. Uh, like, because, like, he hasn't really proven himself much in that, those matchups, and, like, he doesn't really practice those much in those matchups either. And, like, I think patch up those, like, you know, those little bit of a problem matchups for him. Like, because I think I have full faith in Noel versus Certain styles of Falco, certain styles of Fox, good against Mark, good against... Not as good versus Falcon, not as good versus Peach. And... Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that, uh... I don't know. No the type of all-around Fox play, but, uh, I don't know, I, I, I still do... For, for whatever reason, like, I, I don't knock him for that. I, I still do think that um, the matchup that he is good at, I think, takes him pretty far. And I think that Null is pretty good. It's one of those things where, yeah, if I see him in bracket versus Eddie Mexico or something, I'm not sure, oh, yeah. you know. There's no. some... well, well, he would destroy Eddie Mexico. Yeah? Because of the curve practice. True, yes, very true. I just okay. What about like um, Tyler? You destroy Yoshi's because of all the Nes practice. Okay. Tyler Swift, how did he do? He got bumped. Okay, yeah. It's just like uh, so, some of the weird characters and some of the you know you might would give me a little bit of pause. Um, but that being said, looking at Fox players, I think how with Fox's position in the meta. Um, like general ability uh i do think we tend to see players and, and people who are oops and uh it's not a knock to say that he is really good at certain matchups and and not as good as others oh yeah he I, knows this i've i've he's and i think the matchups he's good in, he's really good in so yeah i uh I think that it was really cool. I was I was very excited. Me and um, SF, Melee Stats patron and uh, intern now, <laughs> we we were talking about that at main stage. I was we were watching him beat Logan, and I was very excited to see that this was like finally the culmination of a lot of of a lot of stuff. Um, so really really cool to see it all. Point out in specifics or. It's hard because there's so much here. Like, right? I, I don't want this melee. Like, past three hours again. So. Yeah, it's it's I'm pretty impossible. Ahead. You know, this is one of those. We're back, baby. It's so fun. You know, you look through all this and, and just it's such a blast getting to see all these sets and getting to see all the results. The day that people care about is the winner. Um, and we kind of really didn't talk. I, when it comes to that top echelon, you know, you, you have players who went here. You have, like, Wizzy. You have Cody. Uh, you have HBox. And it's definitely however many months, right, for all the... I feel like the the top win at the you know who can win these these majors. It's been pretty stagnant, right? Online era wasn't really 
crazy results, but they weren't didn't tend to be the the finals of anything. And now you look at the tournaments that we've had. Uh, I guess Ginger winning Low Tide is probably the biggest thing that we've seen, but that even that wasn't like a major. That was just a large regional. You have Cody winning Riptide. That was impressive, but and that was like his first major. But it also wasn't that surprising because people there, we knew he could do it. So I have to ask, like at this, the the level of players who can win a major. What do you think that looks like? Uh, like probably like two eight ish. It's mango. It's yeah. I mean, it's H bomb. Uh, Wizzy. And then after that, it's you know question. The rest of the players. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that's kind of interesting to see, and, and I think that even in those players, there's uh, some question marks. You have to have some brass specific way. Seeing Wizzy do this was not a surprise, but seeing him do it pretty was was maybe more of the uh, the yeah. Yeah, I, I I'd say that like for me with Wizzy, it's he's like super awesome. Maybe the scariest control, like the scariest player to pick up a control. Possibly. You, like, you see, like of of seeing too much on melee. You kind of see it with his gameplay, where he's starting to miss a little bit of tech chases. His movements mm-hmm. a little stiff. Like, that's not that Wizzy major. But when we see Wizzy that's, like, super in practice mode, super on point for everything, that's the kind of guy where, like, I'm not happy to It's, like, takes Yeah. No, that, that, that's for sure something that we've talked about on here. Um, he's always a little bit of a wild card because kind of like him and Plup tend to be kind of similar, where their peaks are absolutely incredibly high, uh, arguably like best player in the world. And they're unfortunately they, they do have like kind of a floor that they, they hit sometimes of you know, losing to fifteen top twenty, top, you know, twenty five players. And uh if they get kind of sh- in a few you know, in a in a shorter time span then of are they slumping? And because we, I, I mentioned IBW. IBW won his first major, and one of the things about that, you know, I, 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 in my opinion at least, I don't want to speak for everyone, is that it wasn't surprising. You know, the the pool that he had to play, Plup, uh, Hbox, I think he's very good against those players. Uh, I believe he might have had to play Wizzy to win that. Um, I think those were doable. And I think that what he is able to accomplish versus the, the top field of players, really, really good. That being said, Last event we saw him at before main stage was Smash World Tour. He lost to Polish. Uh, and this event, you know, he lost to Ginger. He lost to you. And not to say that you're a bad loss or anything, of course. Not to say that any of these players are bad loss losses. Of all time. Well, I don't I don't think that these are bad <laughs> losses. But if, if you're talking about the third best player in the world, which is what he's reported to be, um, is this... Is this what we see? You know, does he have a, a floor that, uh, like, a top twenty player, maybe a uh, top fifteen? It's like 
see, this year is so weird because like, we're just just like this is yeah. what happens when you jump the gun at the rankings. It's like, dude, it's only like, and it's like, uh, it's just silly to kind of like go with these kind of expectations when there's so little data prior. Yeah, uh, well, but... that's the thing. Like, uh, I think that with Cody, I think Cody's really, really good. And and if yeah. you look at three losses outside of his normal losses, right? Um, these players are very good. Maybe that that is the new normal loss, but. I would say that losing to like Polish or losing to Jin to be losing to, uh, right. are those, you know, is this, is this like outliers that just happen to be bunched up in the same thing? You know, if you had 15 tournaments, would these be the outliers? Uh, and if we just happen to be looking at the small lens where it looks like it's a slump or is his larger tournament performance, is it something that has, really high highs and it's possible to have low lower than you know lower than some people's lows so it's it's really impossible to say i, I think is probably the the thing to come down to here right right i mean like i was saying too much until we have like a more complete picture um, yeah I'd we say, might be a bit to get to that uh, yeah it'll take a little bit i mean we'll see if cody can i mean let's not pretend that like the other top players not like they're much better than Cody, I mean, like, you see, true. S, you see you know, dropping sets at SBAT a couple of times yeah. here and there. Uh, and SBAT, I, I also think, uh, you know, while he's not in, fortunately, <laughs> that tier of players to, like, be winning majors, uh, for sure, I do think that Esta has proven himself to be a top 10 player this year, at least in North America. And that's uh, the thing, is, like, do you consider me a top 10 player? Do you consider Polish a top 10 player? And, like, and then that kind of, it's like that kind of like mindset where like we already know SFAT is really good. It's like with me and Polish, it's more of like question marks. But at the same time, if you look at our results, it's like, is that actually like as bad as an SFAT loss if you think about it a little? To consider, you know, like. Yeah. It, it's definitely something where when you are looking for like trends, trends in data, it's definitely something. Oh, let's not forget that HBox also. Well, I want to bring up HBox. This is actually here. Let's use this as a segue. HBox is very good, and he's one of the best players of all time. Now that I've said that, I can make fun of him by saying I am not sure if HBox is actually that likely to win a major anytime soon. Um, now, when you are one of the best players of all time and still one of the best players around, that is it's incredibly possible. Uh, I think his field of winning, like, uh, he could win this tournament. He could have won if Axe got to winner's finals or something, and he played Axe. I think that's really doable. I think that would be great. You know, he has, a, like, a, he has a lot of people who he could run in. Him. But if you get to a tournament where he has to go through Wizzy, or he has to go through Cody, or even Plop, or Zane. There's so many players who are pilot, and like any of these players, I think you what you would need to have to be considered a major, I think is is really like if if you don't have with Zane, if you don't have Mango, is you know he could win that, but it's not a major. It, it, 
looks like we're describing HBox as the new Mewtwo King. Maybe, yeah. Because it's not like HBox isn't capable of being oh. in IBDW and Wizzy before and Pluff. In this year. Like, it's it's yeah. just so unlikely that it doesn't fall in a row. Yeah. It's the type of thing, you know, when... It's really funny because this was the opposite. This was, okay, if this can win, idea of who can win a major. And at the time, it, in reality, the only thing that happened was that Axel won one <laughs> player who won. Um, but now it's kind of, you look at HBox, and yeah, maybe, maybe if S2J beats uh, Zane, or maybe if. Uh, Lucky beats Plup, or maybe if, you know, like, the the way that this would have to happen would kind of have to be, it'd have to be a really good bracket for him. Um, you know, I think he could see it, I think we could see a scenario, Summit, you know, coming up, Smash World Tour coming up, I think we could see a scenario where he ends up beating one of these players, he ends up beating maybe two of these players, mm-hmm. um, but in a scenario where he has to beat several of them he has to take two or three sets out of that pool that's scary if i would put money on him you know resetting bracket from losers against uh against one of these players or even you know winning a winner's finals or winner semis it's i don't know i don't know what to say about hbox right now yeah it's just we're pretty much describing him like old mutant king where it's like yeah, I know Mutant King is very capable, but it's like, are we really just like, is it just waiting for like the perfect bracket luck, or like mm-hmm. just out of blue he like pulls a run like Mutant King Summit run? Like, yeah, is this like the new H box now where we know he's capable? It's just like, man, if you're gonna like, if you're gonna side bet, you might as well side bet on H box like on his probable <laughs> matchups and yeah. Like, and it's like, you know he's capable of beating Zane and Mango, but it's like, it's just about as likely as uh, Armada. Positive expected value on that. And so, like, or Lion, you know, wants to he thinks that's his highest priority to kind of fix that which if i'm gonna take a guess i don't think it's his highest priority i think his highest priority is making good content and making tons of money probably yeah yeah <laughs> yeah whatever you know losing to or whatever probably is going to get him more money in first and second um but yeah you know we had logan on the show kind of talked about this type of thing where you have now this is like you know pop psychology theory. It's like we're all everyone's playing an armchair psychiatrist here, uh, but Hbox had a lot to prove. Yeah, a lot of times during the online era, and generally Hbox with a lot to prove does prove it. Uh, there's a there's a stat that I tweeted out a while ago, which has since in the post online era kind of fallen flat, but. Um, for years, if you seeded HBox anything but first, he would almost certainly win. There was very few, like, it was very statistically unlikely for him to get anything but first if he seeded second, third, etc. Um, Interesting. 
and and I don't know. It's like you know, is that is that a real thing or is this you know like what what kind of thing is it right? Is, is there any truth behind this data? Um, but he does seem to have performances that end up being really good in times where he's questioned the most. Smash Summit Ten, he went in. You know, Mango was saying he didn't deserve to be invited. There was just to be there, and he ended up doing really well. That was one of his, um, probably you know to to that day, uh, because I think he ended up winning Gallant over S. That was his first like big major. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, what we've seen and. But it was uh third at Riptide. Yeah. Uh, fourth at uh yeah. um it's just kind of the thing where I I'm not seeing the the push to win. Uh it's a little bit complacent. If he got seventeenth at Riptide. Or if he got like demolished at Summit Eleven, do we see a difference? And it's impossible to say. Going into the the end of the year, going into the start of twenty, it's hard to really prove this because he has to play in Summit Twelve, and then the next week he's gonna have to play in the Smash World Tour, one of the most stacked events of the year, and then the next major that we're gonna see him at is Genesis Eight. Mm-hmm. Which for 2022, yeah. So it's it's really hard to see him get a bracket anytime soon. Uh, but that being said, this is a time that we have not seen for HBox in forever, where it, like it might be interesting to see. Um, well, yeah. I mean, if I were to bring up this Mutant King analogy one last time, the reason why Mutant King would struggle isn't because bad or anything it was because like you often saw mutant kings like juggle like three other smash games at the same time and we're kind of seeing hbox in a similar effect where like uh he's focusing so much on content and ultimate where like he's juggling like before melee was his full-time commitment and Mm -hmm. now it's like a half-time commitment and even then hbox did really well as a engineer you know he yeah but like you could tell that his full heart wasn't melee very true Know, like yeah it was true he had a job but it's like he would take so much like he literally made the sacrifice to quit his job in order to do yeah. melee because like he was like taking a lot of paid time off and like when he saw that he couldn't take any more vacation days like he, he just made a decision to just straight up quit like um you could tell like his entire heart was in melee and mm-hmm. now that that's kind of not really anymore um i mean that, I, i'm only just there i mean he really knows the truth but it just seemed like he kind of just like that grit he used to have before. Uh, like mm-hmm. for sure, he still has like an immense amount of grit. Like I wasn't able to beat him, but you know, compared to like old, can you imagine back then, like old age box being you know, like, man, I just have to camp more, and it's like, it, it, and like you're seeing this like kind of weird reality nowadays, or it's yeah. like, it's like. Huh, like your old self would not hesitate to do that one time. Like, damn, you not seen your Sesame Armada? Jesus Christ. Uh, 
it's like that kind of thing where like does he like want to do put up that kind of grit anymore that's like the question mark. it's true well you know i've got a question for you what's up have we seen the last of hbox william Xbox won his last major already and we just didn't know it That's a hard-hitting question. <laughs> what, what's your thoughts? I don't think so. But I, I probably, at the moment, with what we've seen, I'm not sure if I can Now, what are you considering a major? Are you saying a super major or just a major? <sighs> yeah, I guess that's a good question. You know, whatever. Another, let's say, three out of the top five players. I mean, three out of the top five players could exclude Zayn and Mango. Well, yeah, main stage is a major. Uh, main stage, yeah. yeah. For him. If we're using main stage as a... I don't, I don't think it's the last we've seen of him do well, but I guess if you change that question to super major, we have to see something change is the thing. He yes. could probably win a big tournament without having something change. Where and no offense to SFAT at the moment. SFAT he's not doing the best versus HBOC. He could be in a scenario where he plays Axe, he plays SFAT. I'm kind of putting a lot of players on blast, but <laughs> but he could be in a situation where he plays very good players who he is favored against. And he maybe you know he ends up winning it from winners. Um, I don't think that's impossible right now for him to win a, a decently sized major. But in terms of stacked, something has to change. Yeah, and I think that's doable. We've seen him. We've seen the ebb and flow of this. We've seen him be a player who kind of was one of the five gods. But when I got into the game, he was part of the worst god. You know, he was he was kind of stuck at fifth for a couple of years. Then he was at second, then he was stuck at second for a few years, and then he was at first for, you know, some of the longest that we've seen in, in the recent era. Um, and despite what I've had to say about, like, I don't think that that run was more dominant than Armada's run or Mango's, you know, dominance. Um, he's clearly one of the best players, and he has been able to show improvement when necessary. So it's doable, but I just, yeah. you know... We need to see something change because at this current level, he's not winning Genesis, he's not winning Summit, he's not winning Smash World Tour. I I, I just think we need to see that like once again from him that like because you know he was also he was like being really was he like every time you see Hbox fight a Peach, he acts up on him and it's like get annoyed but not like give up and it feels like now he's giving up on like those kind of matchups from time to time and it's like uh -huh. i think peak cage box it has to do a lot more of his mentality than his skill at this point true i mean it is kind of if we if we all like conjecture right you know uh but i i mean box does well when he needs to prove himself Say that he needs to prove himself any further, right? He's one of the best players of all time. Well, you know, melee stats slash PG stats top 100 coming out. We'll see where he ends up there, but he's definitively one of the best. And it's just like you know, I'm not sure what need to do 
to to prove to people that he's better. You know, he's not. I, he would have to be really good, in my opinion, to be in the conversation of overtaking Mangor Amada in terms of top. Um, so I'm not sure how doable that is, but it doesn't seem like he needs to prove anything else in his career at the moment. And without that motivation, anything. I'm not sure if we see the improvement that is necessary to win the most. Um, I mean, we can only see. Time will tell. Time will tell. And uh, we mentioned, you know, we mentioned some of these big turns. We mentioned Genesis. We mentioned Smash World Tour. Summit. Summit 12 is coming up. And uh, we have now, we have some information on who's going to be there. Yep. We got a little girl in the name of Kudoran. <laughs> Uh, we got uh, we got some other people from main stage, and we got of course um, some people who are invited. So uh, we're we're seeing we're seeing the um, the fun start again. Summit season is approaching. Finally, and we got <laughs> we got the crunch of uh, it's kind of a shorter time frame. All the all the stress, all the fun, all the content is going to come at us. We read off a list of be in attendance. Um, what was cool is they had some invited players and they had uh, a big list of, which is something that they've come back and forth on on how many qualifiers, how many invites since uh, since you know like Summit Five might have been the first one with qualifiers or something around those. But they for, tried yeah. to figure out the balance. Also, but I think this, they're doing. Is a uh, I will say work with summits before. I've been able to to help BTS. Do not have information on this, uh, but my conjecture would be that there is a man who's not currently accounted for. Uh, what would be backup for if he's not available? I have no idea. But this would yeah. be my idea as a spectator. That is my conjecture as well. <laughs> there's a little, there's a little Swedish guilty gear player who doesn't, uh, it's not happen to be to mention here. But let me mention the people who are. So we got Zane Mango as the two North American players who are invited. We've got Amsa, uh, who is from Japan. You know, obviously, uh, not been able to enter American events other than Summit. Uh, or I mean, the possibility is there. I believe. Uh, it's just it's very hard to do so, and and guaranteeing that it would all go through um i don't think is the the easiest thing at the moment um so it's very cool to see him here after he uh was able to go to summit 11 and then pipsqueak unfortunate fortunate pipsqueak uh winner of god i don't even remember he was uh he's first place like six months into the same circuit that got him to summit 11 obviously some unfortunate things uh with his visa kept him from going to summit 11 and now he is not only going to summit 12 he won the same qualifier and he's going to summit 13. So we're going to see him here, hopefully. Um, and then I already mentioned you from main stage. We obviously have Wizzy, Hbox, Sfat. There's a pretty fun group of people. A lot of these people already been to summits. I think everyone but Pipsqueak. Actually, he has attended a summit. He has attended a summit. As... But in terms of, he's, I believe, the only first-time competitor. Yeah, as more summits, I think that the like there was a def definite group 
of some people. Mm-hmm. And it was always like Johnny and or sorry, S2J and Lucky and the others like very specific summit people who'd make it all the time. Uh, and then it was just like, you'd get a couple people sprinkled in who would be new. And as we've seen the, the skill gap broaden out and we've seen more great players pop up, it's kind of interesting to see the, that summit has been able to have a lot more new faces and a lot more regulars, like new regulars pop up. Um, the kind of the double end of that we have seen plop we've seen axe we've seen john guys have said that they did not make the summit and they do not really intend on uh on campaigning yeah what are what are your thoughts on campaigning so you made it to summit 11th give us through the unfortunate uh, benefactor of pipsqueak it was I think that was the technical reason. So you you did that there, and also the very fortunate beneficiary of living close to the venue. <laughs> but um, so you, you did that, and you're obviously here through qualifying. What was your history of stunt beforehand? Did you ever did you ever campaign? No. <laughs> I, not only was I probably never popular enough to actually even qualify. I don't think I have what it takes to actually campaign at all. Yeah, it's a definitely a very specific. Uh, it's a it's a niche. It's a it's a you know sometimes people will make fun of celebrities for like always being in the news or for not doing anything special, but I do think that that is a that's a skill, right? Yeah, like I if I ever wanted to qualify to campaign for a summit, like. I'd probably need like Mango's help or something because I definitely would not be able to do it on my own. Yeah, for as many people as bashed Nick Yingling for being like the worst summit attendee, um, sure. I think that's the best summit campaign of all yes. time. Yes, yeah, and like, like he had the cheap do it. He had a lot of people's help. You know, the 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 just like the fervor that was there. And I do think that, you know, he spoke to who were not really affiliated with him, people who were not really knowledgeable of, fell in love with that, uh, the camaraderie that was there throughout the, throughout the summit campaign. Was that he kind of, he kind of showed that you don't have to be a good, (laughs) you don't have to be. A yeah, you just gotta be good at people. You gotta be good at yeah. marketing. You gotta be yeah. good with social skills. Wow. A popular voting contest that would uh, <laughs> adhere to all those principles. What a Who knew? So we're looking at Summit 12. You know, the nominations have opened. Um, going around was that it's a little easy. People weren't entering and then everyone well. So I think um, we're going to see a pretty healthy group, but I'm already liking the the people who we see here. It's it's a lot of people who I think. Yeah. It's a lot of people. It's a. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm to jump into campaign uh, nominations have not ended yet, and voting has not even started. But yeah, do you have any specific players that uh, that kind of jump out to you as someone who'd be really cool? 
Well, uh, I'll first off jump to the players that I don't think will actually campaign. Like, I actually okay. take Moki's and SJ's word that they won't actually campaign. And yeah. not, it's not because they're burned out uh, by campaigning. It's due to other reasons. It's like, Moki has to deal with border and personal shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I could buy that. And with SUJ, I kind of know that he's not really been grinding and practicing melee all that much lately. Like, because, like, right before Super Badugo, like, I stopped by SUJ's place to practice a little. And, like, SUJ and, like, Android Zero came over as they were, like, talking about some kind of concert. It's like, oh, I haven't really been playing Melee much. So it's like, I don't think SCJ is fine. Which is why I believe he wouldn't campaign. Yeah. But with other people, like, I think it's kind of like, I do see a chance. Like, I see Axe and Nun campaign. Yeah, More maybe. so Nun than Axe. Well, actually, no. Actually, okay, they're both, like, similar probability. Likely, like, I could kind of take the word for it that they don't feel like campaigning again. Dude, it's Summit. Like, they know how much it's good. Like, they probably have their org kind of telling us, like, you're really not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, like, they have very good chances of getting in. X and none doing likely. Like, I would not be yeah, I think uh, that it's hard to tell at the moment um, who's really. Uh, right. But here, let's do this. We have spots to fill. Um, we have two of us, right? Let's create a little bit, uh, you know, with the idea, obviously, still probably um, join after we. Uh, let's let's pick some people let's create our own little dream summit roster so i'm gonna let you go first i'm gonna let you have three you know we'll do you do one i'll do one etc cetera, etc cetera. well so, i'm looking uh, at the people that are already nominated or like mm-hmm. they they sign up there's like soon say eddie mexico lafino and what is android zero tyler swift there's ringler there's vintage there's riken Lots of good players. Slug. So, that's a lot of good players. Obviously, like, if you want the dream bracket, it's like, or the dream selection, it's the best players, but when right off the straight of bat, I'm gonna Wow. That use one of my two slots on Wrangler. I'm at, as a Considering he's probably someone who's been to one some of this is of all people. This is just not like to some of the most Smash summits. Uh, he's the key. Um, him going getting to go as a competitor, I think, is very hilarious, and he's got a lot of history there. But also deserved, right? It's it's more deserved than I think people kind of give him credit for at the moment. He he has the okay. He first of all, he's a good player. That's yes. that much is obvious, but. He gets the buff of being that low-tier hero. Yes. Uh, so that is giving him a huge buff. Secondly, he's like a pretty loud, kind of outlandish kind of guy that will give him a lot more of a voting incentive that people would be super down to vote for. Like, he's and probably going to for yeah. ridiculous gonna... tiers. Uh, what are you going to say? Uh, I'm not going to overstep my bounds, but I will say that, you know, the famous 
Rich? Yeah. <laughs> He's also rich. <laughs> uh, yeah, we will we will see. Uh, but I mean, I think you know we mentioned the the things that kind of lead to him being a good uh player that could make it you know being kind of the esoteric things i think he's uh he's he plays a character that's incredibly unique but all of it kind of piles on top of the the building block of him just being a player um for my pick i get i only get two so i have to kind of uh know when to use them i'm gonna I'm gonna pick Sora. Sora, Sora aka Josh Man. Uh, he is the best player in Australia currently. Now that you know, uh, Spud has been kind of MIA. Sora has always been one of those players who, if you look at his results in Australia, it's tough to really pinpoint because uh, he would just get pretty much destroyed by Spud all the time, and would beat most of the other players on a, like, a really consistent basis. Uh, he's kind of like the gatekeeper for Spud, and then would just lose to Spud. Has been winning basically everything. I, I know that Sock is very good as well. There's definitely other good players um, from Australia. But Spud's pretty much like incredibly consistent, number one. And he has had good performances. He's come here. He's done Genesis before. He's done well. And I think that we could see Sora you know, Sora's already uh, going to be in Smash World Tour. I think being able to see him in Summit 12 and Smash World Tour back-to-back, I think that he could put together a pretty strong resume in only two weeks. So my question to you is, why are you bringing up skill? That's the first thing. <laughs> okay, all right, true. Uh, how about this? Because to me, that's almost completely irrelevant. <laughs> how about this? Ready? Um, he has a continent behind him. Yes, and that that I thought that should have been the first reason that no, like, no, dude. that's like the fifth reason. Uh, one, maybe maybe not one. Four, uh, uh, slime likes him a lot. Yes, that's a big buff. Uh, three, the bad melee Discord likes him. Yeah, favor. Two, uh, I believe that. There was a streamer. There's like a streamer, ST Peach or something, who uh, I think there's some DMs about how she might throw money. Ah, that, ah. that might not be public information, but whatever. Uh, number number one, the person who bought they get Yingling. Yeah, those are really good reasons, <laughs> and it's. It's more so like, does he have the resources? That's my biggest metric. Because if I oh, Android Zero, but yeah, I, don't I know, mean, like, like I, I think Ringler is way more likely than Android Zero. Yeah, it's part likely, it's part what you want to see, right? You know, even yeah. if you know it might not happen, you're trying to trying to be reasonable, but also trying to figure out something you want. Um, what about what about your second pick? I'll go with the Dark Horse pick that either none or Axe are going to change their mind and campaign. <laughs> All right, well, you got to pick one. None. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think... So Axe, uh, 
Yeah, I, I actually tend to take his his word more for that. Not that I think Nunn's a lie or anything, but I think Nunn is a good pick for that. Um, uh, okay, uh, there's a lot of good picks here. You know what? I'm going to uh, going to also say that the the buying power that 600 hats gets you might also amortize across Sora and this other player, a Free Palestine. Free Palestine. Okay. Free Palestine has, uh, you know, summit before. Uh, good Midwest region behind him. I know that he's got a lot of uh, friends who, uh, who, who want to spend a lot of money to get him in. And, uh, I mean, obviously, you're going to get on my case for saying that Free Palestine is very good. So. And a good player part, why didn't you say Ben? Because Ben, I'm not sure if people are buying 600 hats to get Ben in. That's 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 what I want to hear. Uh, <laughs> so those are my two. My two are Sora, Sora and Millie. Sora and Free Palestine. So we got one more Summit uh, 12 vote-ins. To get Android Zero in, but I, I just uh, why not? Because we're just on a podcast. Who cares? I don't Stay see. Soon. Well, yeah, I'm saying my honest thought that I don't. I I will give him all my support because he's been pulled, you know, several times. Then, very true. Yes, have like the to if Android Zero has a it his ability to get votes. And I think the answer is most likely no to me. Um, because like the, I think they have a plan. I don't know if Android Zero has a plan. He can prove me wrong. Like, and I'll give him all my support. But my pragmatic side is being pessimistic about his chance. So who's your pick then? Uh, from the not. The thing is, is that this isn't even done. Like, no, it's not done. You picked so, a player who is not currently yeah, entered into and like, it. It was just so much variables, but I guess if I have to pick one, this is kind of a cop. Eddie Mexico. That's fun. Yeah, like he he's a popular guy. He's uh here mm-hmm. and has ten history behind his name. Very yeah. true. Whale is backing him up. So oh, also internet. But like I don't strong because um I could feel that like uh like I fight like a because mm. I think Wrangler has a strategy. I don't know if Eddie Mexican would have a strategy. Yeah, I mean the thing is, some it's impossible to predict. Yeah. So, even <laughs> even don't. trying to predict it, Aaron. But uh, I think whatever we're gonna see. Oh, I I, I think that uh, every summit so far has has yet to really disappoint. Um, and being able to see this this group, this something fun cooked up in terms of bracket style. National players. Yeah. Hopefully. And this hopefully. Is also- this is also really rough because it's only top five. It's like, damn. Yeah. Wow. 
every summit kind of demonstrates the idea of like people won't make it and you're like i can't believe this person didn't make it but there's so many people who can make it where it's really impossible to say so i think every summit kind of ends up being fresh because it, they always have the same they have like a solid group of people that makes it uh it's not all new faces right kind of we, we're kind of grounded in this familiarity and then you have a lot of people coming in to kind of make it interesting so yeah looking forward to summit 12 for sure Go. Maybe, Aaron, you can come back <laughs> on. But, uh, we'll see what happens. I'm just looking to like level up and have fun there. Pretty good example of a summit level up. Yeah, I think so too. Well, uh, play with the best players in the world yet again. <laughs> uh, so I mentioned how you know. Well, if we have you back on. The famous melee stats jacket. If you make it five times, uh, <laughs> you have you've been on this podcast before, unsanctioned. But uh, you kind of know how it goes. You know, we we had we had you hang out with the Dark Genix episode, but you didn't really get questions yourself. So at the end of the episode, we have questions from the Patreon. Um, so this, even though it's not your first technical opinion, uh, we also think, skipped it last time. Yeah, we ran out. Well, so this is your your first time getting any questions. So we yeah, we got some up. questions for the Patreon. So he said, "Who's your pick for Summit, and why is it Sufjan?" Well, I feel like we got answered that one. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to go. Uh, and then, huh? We actually have a lot of answered. SF, we you know we already mentioned him. Uh, turn usually asks really good questions and then submitted a meme question this time so who's a tougher opponent null playing well or hbox but he doesn't pop off <laughs> feel like we kind of mentioned both of those players but uh <laughs> i will answer this meme question and it'll be it'll be null playing well hell yeah uh sf once once i told him that his question he uh he asked a question about you from many other players with less success, quote unquote. So I guess you know how did you achieve your success in a small playing longer? Yeah, I mean the answer to that is that I had special skill sets going in. I even made a video about this where explaining like my defining trait of improvement was the part where. I learned how to learn in high school, on high school, and kind of learning the uh, the basis of, you know, asking for help, I think is like probably like the best trait I got out of high school. Mm -hmm. uh, and applying that to Melee, where like, if you see my improvement arc, like I basically just ask people questions all the time. He, he was doing, right? and it kind of just started there. I just kind of looked around like I wasn't talented that knew me but be not talented at the game. Mm -hmm. And I just like found my way where I kept, kept that there and uh, eventually I found like and just kept going and I'm still going at it and I still think there's You kind of um, you kind of had a good crop of questions. Uh, usually I joke about how 
they ask really bad questions and then I'll call them bad on the podcast and then and I won't call them bad and then you're kind of in that that cycle where you get the good questions um it's all say <laughs> which uh yeah right two questions we had from Dr. Lame and Grab both uh two Marth patients uh so Dr. Grab asks, um, are there any up and coming Marth players that you like to watch? Call him Dr. Lame. Dr. Lame asks, Do you have any favorite you like to watch? And Grab uh is the EC love. Who is my favorite Marth player to watch? Yeah, who's like Yeah. You say Zane or baby. <laughs> uh up and coming Marth. I'm also guessing you're not going to count Logan here, uh, so yeah, let's not count Logan. Let's that's yeah. a it's a fun answer to give. You kind of already gave it, but let's let's see if we can shine a light on someone who's uh, maybe a little lesser known. The thing is, like, I could see there's like a crop of like new mid level Marth players that isn't exactly cracking like the the high top level yet. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about the current Marth meta is that there isn't really too many top level marks even high level marks they're kind of they're kind of stuck in like the z- the zone right before that it's not that they're stuck like like they haven't gotten super good yet one that i actually think rests at some yeah since uh, and seeing his improvement rate is actually like it's like yes, is that that's a cool answer. Like I've given him like sorry, COVID and seeing his improvement like a year or two later, like he still takes lessons from me and like I could see that he's gonna be insane one day. What about do you have you seen anything from Ingen? Yeah, oh yeah. Incredible player. It's just that uh I, I haven't looked at him too much but he also seems very promising as well i just have not like watched him too much like i don't have as much like personal uh personal stakes with him i guess as i do like a mod but like he's someone i'm looking out for as well um and then kind of grabs side of the question which is you know certain you see uh like lower level marth players do if you i guess the pete pet myself was very guilty on like the mechanics of the game like mm. their execution could be way way something very true across the board for that um we i'm gonna i'm gonna answer two more questions one's gonna be a very quick one uh and one's gonna be but but one that i think is funny so Tesla asks, "What's your favorite color?" Wow, it's green. <laughs> I think it's green. Uh, and then Ambi, Ambi, uh, he snuck in on the patron questions. What's up, little devil? He is. Um, this is a huh. Wonder if it's going to be offensive. Uh, who do you think plays more like Music King? You or Logan? <laughs> I think it's Logan. I think 
ask. Do you uh do you look to Mewtwo King for anything anymore? Mewtwo King's kind of someone kind of this game was but in yes. the past few years we really haven't seen anything from him. Mewtwo King laid out like the the uh the blueprints of Edge mm. Guy Fox for me. Like yeah. if for inspiration, I think of Mewtwo King versus any fox were like especially for edge guards and like you know he was also kind of my blueprint of march versus luigi as well like when he played versus pluff that was actually like a very solid blueprint of me uh getting better versus luigi and ending some luigi's careers and uh just being like an inspiration like he was like one of the first marts i looked up to and you know i'm, I'm always well and yeah uh, I, I guess nowadays not as much but like you know I, every time i see something cool from him like i always take and like keep in mind in the future it's cool to see that even though he might not be competitively relevant at this current moment yeah. um that he's still he's still there and he's mm -hmm. you know he still has some relevancy in, in gameplay yeah. that's really cool to hear yeah well we're getting near to the end of the show and uh, i think we did i think we did this yeah i know that we did this on that episode, you know, uh, that as of yet unnamed segment, which is not allowed to be named touching grass, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of we're seen as kind of like monoliths where we only pay attention to melee. Uh, and that, the reality of that same as like, I think that, you know, something that we can be doing more in melee is focusing on, uh, the players themselves and the people themselves behind, behind the results, behind what they do. Um, so this is kind of a segment that's geared to talk about what we've been into recently that has not been related to Melee. Uh, I will give you some time to go, so I'll go first. This past week, I was able to spend about a week in uh, the greater LA area, and the number of friends I was able to see was so high, and um, really, really blessed to be able to see so many people and, and you know, be able to take in the generosity and, and just, like, the great incredible vibes from all my friends however it was all through melee so that doesn't really count so i will pick a youtube channel which i watched a few videos of uh at while i was staying at a house where people were recording a podcast um i was watching some youtube videos from a guy called the real jims who uh he is a simpsons youtuber <laughs> i love the simpsons one of my favorite shows do love this youtuber's uh ability to kind of understand that all of it you know like using all of the buffalo in a sense uh i think that the the guy he makes videos about looking at each season talking about their best episodes talking about how their season as a whole feels uh and i think that he's able to do so in a really cogent manner in a matter about this the show in generally the show is seen as like oh yeah everything up until season eight is incredible and then everything after that is bad uh but i really do like his ability to kind of take it all in uh and, and you know like adjustment and also he makes very knows about like deep dives into characters that barely get seen <laughs> like he'll he'll do like really deep analysis of, of how many times and they used to show up more and who has more friends, Lisa or Bart? It's uh, it's dumb. It is dumb. But he he goes into it with a straight face. Uh, he puts the work in. 
in a way that I respect. I respect someone putting work in to a level that probably is not necessary, uh, and therefore I would recommend The Real Gyms on YouTube. What about you, Kadoran? Well, sounds like you had quite the week. And <laughs> for me, this is maybe like the most I've ever like been so super engrossed with Melee. And that's saying yeah. something, because back then at ECI, I played like a shit ton of Melee. And I'm playing t- uh, it's kind of an ill-timed thing. Oh, what am I? What have I been doing inside melee? And uh, I've been doing mostly melee. So, well, I'll talk to you a week before, uh, where I was. You know, I've been doing improv class. Uh, yeah, you know. So, and UCB. What? Is it UCB is a big improv in the LA area. They might have actually been Yeah, no, I live in San Diego, so oh, not there, okay. but I do it in the greater city area in San Diego cuz I live in San Diego. And nice. uh yeah, it's just good for me to do especially since I'm streaming more and like, you know, it's just True. good to be more out some better and um yeah, and also kind of branching out more. Uh I've been Hanging out with some new people that are outside the Smash community, which is a breath of fresh air, one could say. Mm. And uh, I, yeah, just hanging out with them has been quite fun. And yeah, just uh, hanging out with new people and like performing here and there. Uh, great breath of fresh air for me. We'll have to get you and Tafo in a scene. Wow. Classes. Oh. <laughs> I see, I see. You know, one of you needs to return something to a store or something, you know, so we'll we'll make up a premise. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see, we'll see. We'll get it going. Yes. Yes, and <laughs> I think you are going to do a great job. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything else to say? No, I mean... Two uh, solid I, hours. I uh, Two, two. Yeah, we did two. It was good. Uh, I had a really great experience. I, I think that this was a fun episode. I know that. Uh, I've been missed out. You know, well, yeah, he's having a little honeymoon, and yeah. and Ambie is. Uh, you know, Ambie wasn't even making. Uh, what even is that? Honeymoon. Honeymoon. Jeez. Amazon, come on. <laughs> uh, but no. Uh, yeah. You're on Metify. Where can people find you? You can find me at Kadoran SS handle that you visibly see. And uh, I met, I do coaching. I think I provide one of the best coaching services in the entire Metify platform. Probably the entire Smash community. I've done hundreds of lessons at this point. I know what it takes to improve really fast, as I described before. And I think I provide, I charge at a pretty reasonable rate. So if you want to get good, Sign up for my lessons. That's Hell yeah. I mean, uh, if Edwin were here and not with his spouse, not being such a spouse guy, he would probably say that you give good lessons. I know he's he's taking a little... <laughs> well, he talks about it a lot, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess I made an impact. I know. With one, think what you could do with <laughs> multiple. Maybe not the one lessons enough but uh yeah, for <laughs> hey sure. you know the goal of my lessons is to be so effective that you could teach yourself even though that's a bad business move 
It's a bad so. business move, but it's a great melee move. Uh, yeah, and if like, anyone's interested in yeah. getting that, I, I think that the uh, you know, I seems like it's going well, and uh, I hope to see hope to see some players who uh, you know had that Kadorian coaching start to pop off, and I think that we're probably going to see that wave soon. Mm-hmm. So I think that is going to be great. Um, yeah, in in terms of melee, you know, melee stats that is. Uh, if you like watch these uh, the episodes of Waiting for Game on YouTube at uh, Melee Stats Archive. If you want to watch them live, you can watch them on Twitter. If you want to watch the uh, the longer form videos that we put out, it's on the Melee Stats YouTube channel. Put out a recent one a few weeks ago on uh, on Nintendo and our relationship with them. And uh, recently we had 100k on that video. So I want to thank everyone nice. who watched that. That was a pretty incredible feat. Definitely. Awesome. Definitely amazing to have that happen. So if you want to check that out, it's on the Melee Stats YouTube channel. If you want to see, uh, you know, we have daily results tweeted out. It's over at our Twitter, twitter.com slash Melee Stats pod. You can also find articles on our Twitter that links back to MeleeStats.co, our website. You can find stuff such as Monday Morning Men's Melee. You can also find on MeleeStats.co. And if you love everything you, that we do over here and you just want to support us, patreon.com slash Melee Stats. That being said, you know, that's our normal gist. We are running to the end. Melee Stats, top 100 of all. That Kadoran didn't make it on just yet, but, you know, who knows? I, who knows? Next time it comes out, maybe we'll see. Um, current release, uh, we know the top no, we I mean, know, well, we know, every, top 20. sorry, yeah, we know no. 21, 21 through 30 was just announced. Yes. And we know everything but the top 20, I guess is what I meant to say. Um, so that'll be super sick. If you want to, if you want to pay attention to that, you know, we'll be tweeting it out. We'll be talking about it in our discord and obviously it's going to be over on PG stats. If you want to hear more about it, maybe we'll talk about it next week. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, next time, third, we'll have to bring you on again. Yep. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. If you get first, you're not coming on. We have rules here. We can't break. I'll them. be sure. I'll be sure, dude. When I, once I make winners, pause. Like, oh yeah, I want to make it here. You gotta throw. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate you coming on, and I appreciate everyone for watching. Uh, this has been waiting for game, and yeah, don't forget to stick around for next week because we got some juicy top 100 stuff to talk about. Peace, everyone.